When you came pulling in here, did you notice a sign on the front of my house that said dead nigger storage? Jimmy, you know I ain't seen no shit. Did you notice a sign in the front of my house that said dead nigger storage? No. I didn't. You know why you didn't see that sign? Cause it ain't there, cause storing dead niggers ain't my fucking business, that's why. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Growing Up, Not Growing Old podcast. My name is Mike Russo. Today, with me, my brother Anthony. Yo, what's up? My boy Sal. What's up? What's going on? First time doing the show. I really appreciate you doing the show, man. And Anthony, always a pleasure. This is, um, all right, all right so uh, Black and Blue uh, Bowl just got announced the lineup. For people out there that don't know, that's the uh, Super Bowl of Hardcore, now called the Black and Blue Bowl. It's a lineup, you know, every year they do it, every fucking year. It's been in New York 10 years in a row now, which makes sense. I don't know why they would put it anywhere else. But uh, it's usually a fucking bunch of bands all day. It's a great thing. I've I've coined the phrase Hardcore Holiday. That's mine, by the way. Is it? You, I just yes. heard that for the first time from him. and uh, <laughs> I got it from him. Okay, good enough. Good enough. It just seems like... Good times. Yeah, all the guys fucking get together and... Uh, and the same day and get together and have a good time and it's great. So it's a fun time. Uh but Sal, this is um what I ask the guys who went to hardcore the first time on the show. Like I asked Anthony how he got into it. I explained how I got into it. How did you get into hardcore? Because we're not at the at the age where like we got into it through our fathers. You know what right. I'm saying? Hardcore's not that old. It's kinda getting there now. But hardcore's not at that age where it's like, oh, I heard my father listen to it in the car, so that's how I got into it. Yeah. Uh, how did you get into hardcore? Uh, my cousin, my cousin Keith, Queens, Ozone Park, born and raised, um, was friends with a, a band called Fit of Anger. 
Um, and oh, shit, I was in high school and I knew nothing about hardcore. He, but he wrote, he grabbed my book. He was over my house on a Sunday or something, he, and he wrote all over my binder. <laughs> I went to school that next time. Was like looking at the Chromax, Murphy's Law, sick of it all, Crackdown, You to Today, all over my binder. Awesome. Had no clue who they were, what it was. He always used to say all the time because he had long hair. When like, he went through so many phases, my cousin man, we could do a whole podcast. We got to get him on one day. Uh, you know, he had this. Banks for a long time. He was dead into Samahane and the Misfits. Oh, totally yeah. into that. Was Them. everybody a metalhead? Probably. Kind of. You know, when there was, it was always metal for us. Maiden, you know, Anthrax, speed metal then. And then Slayer, you know, obviously we could do a whole podcast on them. Yeah. Uh, that's I feel Slayer's the gateway drug of bands going into hardcore. Agreed. If you got Slayer, you just and you're searching for something a little bit harder. I mean, what else? I, I would guess hardcore. You know, I never went yeah. the whole black metal, death metal. I never went that way, so I don't really know. But I started listening to it. He, uh, he's like, you know, listen to it. I wasn't really into it at first, and then, uh, you know. I, what was the thing that got you like, wow, this is it? Yeah, because it takes a minute. There's something that yeah, grabs was, you about hardcore. I, I don't know if it was um, maybe the first show. It had to be a show. It was, uh, I, you know, this it. is the early 90s, uh, maybe 1989, 90. I was out of work. I was, you know, a year out of high school. I, you know, I was in the, the the tile union, and we were dead slow in the early 90s. And I, I was over his house on like a Thursday night. He's like, come over, drive out. Murphy's Law's playing with some band, The Icemen. I'm like, wow. I'm like, all right, I'll go. No problem. I was into moshing. I was into that because I was into Fishbone, Faith No More. I had combat boots. Wow. Not Doc Martens, but I had combat boots. I'm like, I could take a show Thursday night at the Marquee Club in Manhattan on 23rd Street. And what year the was this? Side. 89, I it would was think. T- it was Hawk was, it was tough back then. It was tough. Man, I thought who I was. <laughs> Took the A train out there. Freezing, freezing cold night. I went in. I had two earrings in my left ear. <laughs> long hair. Not long hair, but I had hair. I'm seeing a bunch of guys with shaved heads for the first time. It's hard to explain, but the Icemen come on. You guys know them, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. Guy Carl steps up. They get into this heavy riff, man. The harsh truth they opened up with. Nice. And then when it goes, dun, 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 I just seen 50, 60 people. Doing this thing all together. It's fucking awesome. I'm like, they're blowing, they're blowing. And I'm like, <laughs> and it, guys were running back and forth, hitting into each other. I mean, I've been in mosh pits before, but like I said, fishbone and stuff. I had never seen nothing like this. The next thing you know it, I'm not going to bullshit. I'm three to five guys back. You know, I'm not, a, my cousin's dead in the front. Wailing people, kicking people back into the pit. And I'm three back and he keeps turning around. He's like, get up here, you pussy. Get up here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good right where I am. <laughs> My heart was beating a mile a minute because there was a whole bunch of fights. There was DMS there. They were brawling. They were hitting people. They were beating down metalheads for no reason. Oh, they were hair bashing. It was crazy. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I was nervous as hell. <clears throat> nervous as hell. When I saw the Iceman, because it was it actually, and that's so funny, because we were talking about this before, about sh- showing up and leaving for your bands. Because once the Iceman went off, a lot of guys left. It was weird. Like, they just went to see them. And Murphy's Law's, yeah. you know, got a reputation. You oh, stay yeah. for them also. Yeah. But Hell a different yeah. crowd showed up for Murphy's Law. It was more mellow, more. It was definitely hard, but it wasn't as crazy as the Iceman for some reason. There wasn't as much 
people there. I don't, I don't, I, it's hard to explain uh, that, that, but uh, it, it gripped me because I never seen nothing that real. Nothing right. that real in my life. And okay. right after that, man, I went out and bought the Iceman. Started getting to Murphy's Law. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I got a, a surprise for you guys. You can't see it. But... Uh-oh. What is this? Oh, boy. Holy oh, shit. shit. Look at that. Wax. I told my cousin, I says, I want to get into this shit. He's yeah. Like, Take my records, he said. No Look, shit. Took out a threat. A... Minor threat right on top. Stack of records. Highland Re- uh, Henry Rollins. Oh, there's a Bible right there, baby. Major Quarrel. There oh, it is. There it is. That's the one that got me into it right there. Comp. This is the other comp. I, ha- I don't know where the record is. I Those are both so good. That was New York Hardcore, uh, Where the Wild Things Are, New York Hardcore, The Way It Is, Back to Back, Chromags, Age of Quarrel. I threw this in for a goof. That's good. That's Yo, good. that's good shit. Wait, that was when he went R&B. Oh, though, that was when he went gayish. <laughs> when he thought he was a uh, ladies' man. I don't know if you guys remember Grim Reaper. I see you in hell. <laughs> yeah. I got this for the artwork. That's awesome. Yo, that's good stuff, though, that yeah, made no, shit. Yeah. Yo, there's nothing like that. I don't give a fuck what anyone piano. says. This is the Diano years. Yo, these two albums are awesome. The uh, Iron Maiden and Killers. Uniform yes. Choice. Look at that. Sam Hain. That's written this as Goof also. What's that one? Oh, my God. Look at that. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yo, that's awesome. I got public. I mean, we oh. were into everything. You know, we were into rap. You know, but this was. Uh, what is that? Oh, sick of it look all. At, first. Look at that. Blood, sweat, and no tears vinyl. Greatest hardcore album ever, in my opinion. Bad brains, eye, eye against the eye. Ah, uh, look at that cover right there. Look at this. Right. It's the agnostic front. Cause for alarm. I used to go over his house and go through his cover. You know, he didn't give me a more. We had Ludacris. We had everybody. Uh, and years later, this is the first Warzone album. Years later, I. Uh, I had a shore house down the Jersey Shore, and uh, it turns out he's like, I met this guy. He was in my shore house. He's like, yeah. He started. He was. He was a DJ. Madball. His name is DJ Madball. He was mixing tapes, and all of a sudden I hear, she is calling you by the Bad Brains. He's mixing into disco. I'm like, how the fuck do you know the Bad Brains? Really? He's like, my brother plays in a hardcore band. I'm like, who's your brother? He's like, he plays in Warzone. I'm like, fuck out of here, rabies. I know those guys, and this is his brother actually. That guy right there. Oh no Kinda shit. Kid from Brooklyn, yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, you know this one? U.S. of Oh, good stuff. And, uh, I like the oil. Wow, that's right. great. And token entry. Oh, Jay that, Brian. Dude, you can't cool. just, can you just fucking skim the right by dealing I with it. I was just going to say, you, you <laughs> cannot go past that. But that is a great I'm album. I'm sick of it all in tendencies uh, last year. That's yeah, a no, great album. A great album. This probably, that's a nice stack the right there. Yeah, there was there were so many more, but I don't even know where they are, to tell you the truth. Those things are, like the cause for alarm is like a work of art. That cover is really ridiculous. Is. The DRI, that's the, the chrome eggs. I mean, don't ever... If you ever want to get rid of those, man, I'll, I'll buy them nah, from you. I just want to keep them just to show, you know, I got them all on Frame CD them. pretty much. I got all these on uh, on CD, most of them. Um, but that's what f- was it for me. It was uh, seeing that realness. And, and I'll be honest with you, after that, a year later, my cousin went away to college. And he stayed up in Cortland College. And I had no one, none of my friends were into hardcore. No one. I swear on my kid's life, man. I was going to shows by myself. That's fucking by myself. That's yeah. dope. I, it was a, it was a great day when they were in Brooklyn at Lamore's because I was like, wow, I just got to go over the bridge. But sometimes here I am driving to the city by myself yeah. to see sick of it all. The weirdest thing is you you go and you go, you see the same. It was like Christmas when he was home or something like that, where he was like, oh, I'll come with you. Yeah. It was it was uh, to get somebody. I was dragging my friends like yo, my friend Louie. 
lots of guys. Just come with me here. Hey, we're going to see Biohazard in Brooklyn or yeah. somebody just for them to come with me. Half the time, they'd be in my car. They would sleep in my car, and I'd be, like, in the show. At least I had somebody to go home with, at least. Yeah, like, right. you know, I wasn't there by myself. Like, I was pretty much in the show. There was a couple of times I saw uh, I saw the band Breeds, Life of Agony, and Doggy Dog on Staten Island once. That was pretty cool and typo. Um, that was, like, damn, you know, that's, like, a gift. Going, you don't even have to go oh, anywhere. that's great. You know? Yeah, but, I, you know, just any show. And that was considered... The dead, like the the New York hardcore scene was dead then in the early nineties. They said that that's in the historical books. That's supposedly a dead time for hardcore. Right. There it's was always shows, weird though, though, right? It was a little bit. There was always shows, but uh, that was a, they they considered that a dead time. I remember seeing um, Agnostic Front at Lemoore's ninety something. I don't remember what it was. It was like maybe twenty five people there. You know, it was the weirdest thing. There was there was a period where it was kind of a a, a dead period. I, I the only reason why I call it a dead period is because that's what they call it. But there was a time where I couldn't get the fucking tapes in the stores anymore. Right. They were just gone. Yeah, yeah. And fucking, um, I think it had to do with the, all the fights and the gang mentalities. I guess. And all the shit. night before, I saw the Beastie Boys in a club in Jersey. And, and the night I saw Agnostic Front was the next night. The Beastie Boys were playing Roseland. So I was thinking everybody was there. And, um, and, and that's why Agnostic Front was dead. But now that I'm thinking about it, they said it was a dead time. And nobody, 25 guys, like you couldn't even. Yeah. The, the pit was like, there was no, like people by themselves, like running. Yeah, yeah. It was like ridiculous. I've seen that and that was a good lineup. It was Marauder. Uh, man, it was a bunch of good bands that played that night. And I was like, wow, where the fuck is everybody? They weren't there, you know? Uh, I mean, when Biohazard showed up at Lemoore's, it was like there, you know, playing home. It's right, like, uh, right. that was always packed, no matter if it was dead or not, you know? It's like the home club almost. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? And you then, hit it. They're he, not. Con- he hit it with the gang mentality. Yeah. The I whole guess. hardcore, like, like, U.S. hardcore blames that shit on New York. They, they blame the gang mentality thing and, and uh, racism. I don't know where they got this from, but a lot of hardcore scenes across the country blame New York for a lot of that shit. And it, they might have a legitimate beef in, in certain aspects of things because, like, back in the day, the, the, chrome, the, 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 the difference between the New York hardcore and a lot of other hardcore, New York hardcore was born from the fucking street. And I don't mean suburbia. I mean, like, the Lower East Side. Yeah, sure. You know, uh... Brooklyn, Queens, and the streets, the real streets. You know what I mean? So they're not out there starting fights. They're basically fighting every day for this. Some, sometimes for their lives. I mean, Harley from the Chromex said at the best. He goes, we're out there fighting Puerto Ricans with knives every day. So he goes, I, I don't know what these guys think, you know, how, how they blame us for anything. He goes, we fought every day. That's what they did. If you come over here and you fuck with us, you catch a beating. It's not like they, they were getting out of their faces. That's what they did. So... Well, New York Hardcore says it all. I mean, I know New York Hardcore is, 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 a, is a subdivision of the hardcore music, but New York Hardcore, saying New York in front of it, these guys are street guys. The hardcore from California, Circle Jerks, Bad Religion, I mean, I don't know their background, but I did. you could just tell that the, the shit they talk about, they were kind of suburban guys, I think. Maybe not so much Circle Jerks, but like maybe Bad Religion and these, ty- these type of bands. Just because they had the more of a... Uh, whiny against the thor- everyone had the against authority thing, but they had more of a like a I don't want to say like a, a weaker anger. I want to say a weaker anger. Well, I'm not. I can't <laughs> prove it, so I'm not. I'm just kind of going yeah. on what I think they're talking about. They're it's suburbia, not- man. They're mad at their parents and they're mad at the cops for beating them yeah. up. Right. That's that how. Uh, time that's what it is. Thank, thank you. Thanks for finishing my thought there, Ant. 
And uh, the, 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 the agnostic front, the fucking, those older New York bands were, were, they're from the streets. They lived in house, they, they did the squatting thing. They lived yeah. on the streets and yeah. they, they all, they all came together at CBGB. So when I see shit like CBGB's, the bands that built CBGB's talk about talking heads and blondie. Makes me suck sick. my cock. Cause yeah. Yeah. CBGB's was made by agnostic front and all those fucking bands on this. No love and though. No love. And Murphy's Law and. Sunday matinees They're coming back I heard Somebody just said That they're having Sunday matinees again I don't know where They're going to have them But starting I just read an article Somewhere On one of the posts Maybe on Facebook Or something That uh, Sunday matinees Are coming back It's going to start At like 1 o'clock And they're going to have Like 10 bands Fucking Or some awesome. shit like that Yeah that would be cool I mean it ain't going to be the same Because you paid fucking I'll be honest with you This was like 89, 90 I only went to like Maybe 2, 3 I, I, My cousin was going to matinees f- Way before that They were You know Way before that And I wasn't into hardcore then I'll be honest And uh, you know I only saw a couple of them You were paying 5 bucks To get into CBs That's crazy You stayed yeah. there from 1 in the afternoon It was in the summertime So like 7 at night On a Sunday man It was like the coolest thing In the freaking world You saw <coughs> Forget about it And that place was packed yeah. Packed Yeah that's fucking dope because CBGB's fucking... was hardcore, bro. You had CBGB's, right? You had fifteen hardcore bands for like fucking eight bucks. You had the the fucking low side, the junkies, the pimps, the hookers, the violence. CBGB's was fucking New York hardcore. It always will be the yeah. whole scene, the everything. I mean, you remember the low side back in the day? I was on. What are you fucking kidding me? That place was a, that was a zoo, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was a zoo. You 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 had to be if you were from there, you were either tough or tough, and that's it. Right? Yeah, and that's where New York hardcore was born. It was born from the streets. It's always gonna be rooted from there, and uh, that's why New York hardcore is meaner than it. Look, I think it's just meaner and tougher. Well, that's why it's it's the one thing that always. It's the one thing that's always around. I mean, uh, I want to say what's up to my man, Edgar, from, uh, I think, L.A., California. Sorry, man. I don't know where you're from, but he has a podcast called Pot of the Damned. One of my favorite shows, but he's a big fucking Madball fan. Really? And, and yeah, yeah. And I fucking, he he said, um, I forgot, I posted something about uh, 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 Madball or something, and he was like, yeah, that, remind, that makes me think of CBGBs and, and the DMS crew and everything, and that's he's from California, and that's a New York hardcore thing. New What's York hardcore DMS? is yeah. fucking worldwide, man. Oh, well, yeah. they came out. They uh, powerhouses from California. That's a good band, I like by that the way. Band. And, uh, that's good shit. I think, uh, I think maybe Scarhead or somebody's got a, a song going back to Cali. Something hang out with the powerhouse crew. So they probably went down there. Yeah, you yeah. know, so they, you know, they're all. Well, DMS is in Cali too. Yeah, they're they're everywhere. Now. They're all over the place. Yeah. But that shit started out. They were they were a fucking graffiti crew, and they all met up at CBGB's. Yeah, mostly whites back in the day too. Doc Martin Stomp, or was it Doc Martin Skins? Yeah, Doc it Martin did. Skins, Doc Martin Stomp. There's right. a million million things. Uh, but it got, it got the original, a little ghetto. The original was, and my cousin told me he was like Doc Martin Skins. That's what it was. But now you see at the B and B show, you see them with the vest, Doc Martin Stomp. You know, so who yeah. Knows? Actually, I saw that the I think last week for the first time. That was the first time I saw a patch that said Stomp. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I always thought it was Doc Martin Skins, but now it's like no. You'll see them at the B and B. They'll have the uh, yeah. Can anybody answer the question why um, it's not at Webster Hall this year? I don't know. I was thinking about that on the way over, man. I don't know what the fuck happened. No, it's it was too per- big. It's a perfect place for that. Yeah, but I, I'm hearing that the black and blue every year so far. 
they're, they're growing out of the spots. So I, I heard this place that's in Bushwick that they're doing it this year. They're saying that it's bigger and it's indoor-outdoor, which is fucking pretty cool. Oh, that's around. great. We yeah. need that shit. Oh, yeah. No re-entry. <laughs> Hold oh, on. It smells like ass the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this is... um. All right, all right, so uh, we're just gonna switch it up a little bit. Did you guys see this thing on TV? I don't, I don't follow politics. I don't. It's pretty old actually, but I saw it on my. Uh, I have this app on my phone called Flipboard, where it gives me the top stories of whatever the fuck I want to look at. And did Obama do like a, a a skit on SNL or something? Like he did something with Zach Galifianakis or something. Do you hear about that? Yeah, I heard a. Obama's a, a fucking skid mark. You understand what I'm telling you? That guy's a. F- I heard something about that too, but I didn't. I didn't actually see it. So. What is he doing, this guy? He's fucking. He's he's on SNL doing skits. He's buying people beers. He's calling cops assholes before he even knows the story. I mean, what's up with this guy? He's giving out phones. He's giving out health coverage. He's a fucking social. <laughs> you really, you want me to go on this, bro? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I got How long is this podcast. <laughs> listen, I got a few things I gotta say. You just tell me when you're ready. <laughs> well, I do it. I just fucking pitched you a softball, man. Hit the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, the only thing is there was a little spin on that one because I don't know the comedic part there. Well, what do you, whatever you All got right. on him. All right, Sal, you ready? Yeah, you ready? Let's go. Listen. Obama's on the path to socialism in this country. I'm going to tell you why. There's five reasons. All right, check it. This is some food for you. I'm going to try to tell you some shit here, all right? All right, one. This is what he's doing. Education, all right? He's going to try to control what these kids are learning, all right? You notice how they took a lot of shit out of the school that used to be in? All right? That's one, the education system. Two is religion. You know how that is now. It's even hard to say Merry Christmas nowadays, right? You take people's religion, you take away their faith, right? Poverty. You keep these motherfuckers poor. So they always got their hands out, and you could feed them like a, like, a, like a bird feeding his young. You know what I mean? You give them what you want. Right. The other one is, is a fucking big one, man, and it's gun control. This guy, if you read what's going on right now with all this gun control, with the, he wants people to register assault weapons. Why does he want to do that? So then who's got him? Take him away. Well, he wants to take him away so people can't defend themselves. You understand what I'm telling you? Those are the five things that this mother, this, this guy's going to do, and he's doing it right now. I mean, if you don't believe what I'm saying? Look at everything I just said right now. Education, religion, poverty, and gun control. And go deep into it. Use your fucking heads. And read about it or learn about it, and you'll see that this guy's trying to do his fucking thing. He's taking our guns, right? But he's giving guns to fucking Arabs overseas that supposedly they're on our side, right? But in 10 years now, we're going to fucking fight them. Our soul is going to get killed by our guns and our bullets, and Obama's going to, because he's a fucking Muslim himself, he's going to say, well, you know, we have a lot, we got a large thing going on with this friendly fire. Asshole, it's not friendly fire. You know what that is? That's our shit being used against us. Dude, I fucking hate him. Whenever you're ready, I got Al Sharpton too. That to motherfucker's say, next. <laughs> yeah, a lot of That's people. That's all I got to say about that. Man, you said it all. <laughs> a lot of people fucking. Uh, a lot of people don't like the President Obama. Fucking. Even the people who voted for him are starting to turn a little bit on him because it's, it's just all the things you said. He preached change and fucking hope and all these things. And he's just another fucking politician. But his, he's, he's bad, man. Because when he came from Chicago. Chicago's got tough gun laws. 
So he came from there. So you know, you, you had to think that was gonna happen. He, he the, the, fucking Chicago. The man. assault. Well, that's where he it's did a his fucking time. African man. He made the fucking rules over. He put the laws down over there, but. The fucking assault rifle thing is 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 crazy because you put fucking restrictions on assault rifles. You're just putting restrictions on legal gun owners, right? Uh, the law-abiding citizens that work every fucking day. The fucking criminals ain't gonna go. They don't go by the law anyway. So what the have, fuck? They gotta keep their guns. Yeah, you of course. I, I tell you what, too. I've got guns now, and they're not legal. So fuck you. Second, I'm going to get my legal shit, and I'm buying an assault rifle, and I'm telling you all now, and I told my wife, I am not registering my fucking rifle. I'm buying it legally. That's the way it's going to be. That should be enough. I, e was telling me a story about a guy in his block has a rifle since Vietnam. He's had it all that time. He says, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing. This is the right way to do it. I'm going to register my gun. Yo, they fucking took it. Really? They took his shit. You know when you can have my gun? <laughs> you can have don't my say gun. It, don't say it. I'm going to say it, bro. Don't say it. You can pry it out of my cold, dead hands, bro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, you know what? Obama and the rest of you liberals, you, you know, come try to make me register. You got something on Sharpton, uh, Sal? Uh, no. I, I, you know, that I can probably say out loud. I mean, uh, just uh, he's, black. he's come a long way. In terms of getting more mellow, you remember him when he first came out? He was like the fucking devil. Yeah, I remember now him on, he's like uh, on SNL dancing and shit like that, and he's like, you know, he's trying to fucking a toothpick now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it makes me sick. His his views are still there, but he's more socially acceptable. Yeah, I he's think got so. a people, job. People aren't as mad at white people. Ain't as mad. Aren't as mad at, at him as they used to be he, back in the Bensonhurst days with the stabbings and stuff like that. Bensonhurst. <laughs> he's got a job on uh, what channel? Is it C, uh, MSNBC or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's got a job. That's fucking crazy. He's got. I just actually, I, I just watched a documentary on Morton Downey Jr. recently, oh, wow. and he was on that too? show a lot. Talking, yeah, he was. Was cool. he? Was he really? I used to watch that <laughs> shit often. Yeah, he fucking actually, he actually called out um, some guys in, in uh, Sharpton was on the show, and if you remember Morton Downey Jr., he used to interact with the audience a lot. Yes. And they used to come up to the podium and talk shit, and during a commercial break, they always kept the fucking cameras rolling, and Sharpton stood up and was like, come on, faggots. Come on, faggots. What you gonna do? Come on, do something now. <laughs> Nobody jumped up? Oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, that cool. But that's the type of thing that he would rally against now. Well, more of a black thing, you know what I'm saying? But if... Yeah. If someone called a black guy a faggot or something, he would rally against that. But remember his thing with the fucking what was the thing with the interlopers? With fuck, remember that shit? No, what's that one? He was calling. Piss me off worse. Huh? He, I mean, this is old shit. He was calling some people white interlopers. Reggie. Uh, oh wait, wait. I think I do know what you're talking about. He man. called someone a gr- Greek faggot. Uh, he's just he's just a piece of shit. But in this society we live in now, all that shit is overlooked. Oh yeah. Now they give him a job. Now when he says something, keep everyone quiet. listens. Make him money, keep him quiet. You know. Well, they're scared of fucking speaking out against them because they'll be labeled a racist right away. Yeah, true. true. You know why too? We spoke about this last uh, last podcast that when you are labeled a racist by a black like black people, you're also labeled a racist by white people, and that's fucked up because. It, and think, the word racist isn't what it used to be. You used to have to fucking lynch somebody or fucking wear a white hood to be a racist. Tall feather a motherfucker to be racist back you know? then. <laughs> Yo, now... Yeah, you say the wrong thing, it's over. That's it. All you got to say is, is nigger once. You're a racist. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? I've never said that word. That's what, what you got to say. What did you just say? The N-word. Ouch. The N-word. Would you, would you stop? It doesn't come from a place of hate. You know, where you're just saying it. Oh, sometimes. Nah. We use it, me and you, every single day. Pulp Fiction is the funniest not. movie ever. I don't you know? use that word. You know, just... Uh, <laughs> But Story I dead niggas is none of my fucking business. <laughs> we were just talking about that. That's fucking great. But you know, the problem with that scene is, again, Quentin Tarantino had a fucking backdoor way out of that scene of getting called out for using the word nigga yeah, so much. Even though he has you know, his backdoor out of that was Same. having the wife come home as being black. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's his backdoor. That's smart sure. in a way. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. But that doesn't yeah. account Same for it. Like it doesn't account for his other movies where he, they say nigga, nigga, nigga. No. Yeah, right. but isn't that real life? You know what? Niggas calling talking. Yeah, nigga, nigga, nigga. I mean, that's how yeah. they street guys. I mean, Spike Lee made a like a mad thing. Like he, he made a beef about Quentin Tarantino using that word. But meanwhile, it's real. Yo, Spike Lee's been complaining a lot too. By the way, oh, I want to talk the, about this about gentrification. I want to talk to you. I want to see. All right, just for the people out there, Spike Lee. Uh, Everyone knows Spike Lee, but he just did some kind of, I don't know if it was a press conference or a town hall meeting or whatever. Turns out the hipsters are moving into Fort Greene a little bit. And, a little? <laughs> and Fort Greene, Brooklyn. And uh, he had some kind of fucking meeting or something where he was speaking out. I'm going to tell you how I feel about this, and I want to get your guys' feelings on it. I uh, He was talking about the white people moving in, and he doesn't like it. And I right away I was like, wow, what a dick. I hate this guy. Good, move in there. Fucking, you know. But then I was thinking about it, and <laughs> then I was thinking about it, because then Spike Lee started talking about how, you know, the jazz musicians in the park, they play their horns and shit, and the hipsters are, like, calling the cops on them and shit, and I was like, oh, you know, that's kind of fucked up, too, because that's what they do over there, but at the same time, hipsters come in, they bring money in the neighborhood, cops come, maybe the youth has a better chance than they would, at the end of the day, I was against, I was kind of with Spike Lee on this one. Do you guys hear about this at all? I yes. heard about it. I, I just don't. Uh, I'm I'm against Spike Lee on that because he 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 marketed Brooklyn. He sold Brooklyn. He yeah. made his money in Brooklyn movies, everything. And then he moved out. And then he out. He cashed out. Yeah. So now you're gonna you have to. This is true. No right to say anything about that. Right. This is true. Him, like you know. Yeah. You know. I mean, what? He was Brooklyn. I thought of him. He just you know everything was Brooklyn with Spike Lee. Like you know. Uh, and where did he go? He went to like the Upper East Side or something. You know what? I ran into him a couple of times actually uh, in Manhattan, walking in the street really? with a knapsack, regular guy. You know, yeah. regular guy. I mean, I like his knapsack. Movies. So he looks like a fucking hipster. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Little pointy glasses and a you know yeah. beard and everything. Yeah. I could say I would label him that. This is going back like ten years ago. But still, it's it's a good point you're making because uh, he he left. I mean, why don't you stay there? I mean, why? Because the neighborhood's bad, and they're gonna fucking. He said they bought they, the people that bothered him so much because he got famous. I don't it's know. it's kind of a good point, but I mean, first of all, you're a fucking director. You make movies and you act in your movies. People bother you. Then stay out of your fucking movies, yo. You when you these fucking people, yo. When you become a public figure and the whole world knows who you are. You cannot get upset when people bother you. I'm sorry, bro. Because yeah. whether you want to be like that or not, the minute you step into the public eye, that's who you are. Like these motherfuckers, are, I'm not no role model. Fucker, yes, you are. Someone's looking up to you. Yeah, somebody's looking up to you, man. Black guy from the hood made it, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear that, but yeah, it's that's interesting. Yeah, that. it's, it's crazy. Ca- 
Sorry. It's like a weird dichotomy with like the you let them move in, the neighborhood gets better, but at the same time you lose that culture with the with the jazz musicians and the short and the, and the guys playing the horns at night in the park and stuff. And so I don't know, it's a weird thing. I don't got that in Staten Island. There's no hipsters. Uh, maybe by the St. George, by the ferry, they're, they're moving yet. over there. You know why you know? there's no hipsters on Staten Island? Because there's a thing on Staten Island called Guineas, <laughs> and Guineas fight. Everyone. <laughs> I mean, I they hate won't to allow it. Yeah, I'm not condoning anything. I mean, yeah. let them do their thing. It's all good and That's, all, but the, you, you're not gonna go. What, what's a, a Staten Island bar right now? Club? That's out there. You know, like, I'm so out of that. I have yeah, no me too. Idea. I don't even know. Who, well, I don't think there's any club. I mean, there's like clubs there was, probably down Bay Street. And yeah, stuff, if but. there's a club on Staten Island and the uh, hipsters go, I can guarantee you, they are gonna get beat up. Yeah, they won't come to Staten Island because it's no. too tough to get to the city. They go to yeah, Brooklyn. You're right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. They go yeah, to Brooklyn. They, actually, there is hipsters down by St. George, yeah. right by the ferry. By the ferry right over. Express bus over. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They'll, they'll, over they'll stay right over there. Exactly. That is actually up and coming because they're trying to make Stapleton like like cafes and. That's and so type fucked of, up, Stapleton. Then yeah, yeah, it was a shit. Dude, you'd be surprised, man. Trying to clean everything up over there. There's like a little hipster bar. Yeah, There's even exactly. like little art places. Like I just want to like when I'm exactly when I was driving down there to pick up Mike from the Bronx. Like you drive down, you see like these little art shops, and like I get like mixed emotions when I'm driving by. I'm like, oh shit, that's that's different. Should I throw a fucking yeah, brick sh- through it? <laughs> Should I make it shit again and keep it real? Yeah, it was yeah, cool it's... back in the '80s. <coughs> but in terms of Spike Lee, I mean, uh, I, I like his movies. I'll be honest with you. I, I uh, Summer Sam, one of my favorite movies, actually. Twenty uh, Fifth Hour. I like. Oh shit. I like 25th Hour. So do I. I can't get on board with uh, Summer of Sam too much, but I like 25th Hour a lot. I really like that yeah. fucking movie. So, I, to me, my opinion with Spike Lee, he's trying to ca- like 25th Hour. He's catching. It was right after 9/11, so you're seeing him look over at the cleanup that one part yeah. is capturing. It's like a backdrop. He's capturing that moment right after 9/11. Summer of Sam. Man, I was a little kid. Remember when that shit was going on? You know, he's capturing that moment in time. Yeah, I liked it because it was cool with CBs and everything. Like you know, yeah. just uh, I just like that he captured that moment. The whole city was scared. There was one know? moment in that movie where I, I just cringed. I was like, oh, which movie? Summer Sam. Where they, <laughs> they were walking down the block, the main characters and some other dude was walking down the block, and they were like, hey, what's your favorite baseball team? He was like the Red Sox, and he started beating them down. I don't think it would go down just like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I gotta. Hey, I remember that part. That's a tough movie for me, man. That's a tough movie. I was like, that's that. I mean, sh- I mean, back in the day, shit, the rivalry was real. I mean, there was real fucking rivalry. But I don't know if it would happen just like that. Maybe if the guy was wearing a Boston, maybe he was wearing a Boston hat in a movie. I don't know. But it just seems so forced. Yeah, yeah. I, he just makes Italians look so bad. Do the right thing. I think Reggie Jackson's the fucking killer. <laughs> what are these? No, no, he definitely is. No, no, fucking wait. I think it's your mother. What are they, yeah. when they find He's this, making him retarded. Yeah, yeah, they made them retarded. And every movie he does, he makes the times look bad. Because of Reggie Jackson's number? Is that what it was? I, I, they they coincided the the, the Reggie oh, Jackson's number with the caliber of the weapon or something. Oh, is that shit. what it was? Oh, the forty four caliber killer, right? Yeah, that's it. And his number was forty four or, or, or some shit. Interesting. But yeah, I, I like Twenty Fifth Hour. That's fucking good shit. I like, I really like that. I like, you know, when he's fucking. They had that whole dream sequence of when they're driving up to the jail and he's, he moves to fucking Oklahoma and he starts a little family and yeah, right. Could have happened. 
And, and he's like, yeah, you're going to raise your kids the way you can raise your kids, and you know you're going to make it because you're a New Yorker, and we can make it through anything. It was fucking great. I, it's kind of real touching a little bit. I got, I got a beef with that movie. <laughs> Yo, let me ask you a question. You're gonna do some. <laughs> you're gonna do some jail time, right? You're gonna go tell one of your boys to beat the shit out of you. You know what? It made a little bit of sense. He's not gonna go in there all pretty, you know. I mean, yeah, I didn't really have a problem with that. I, I did, cause I know a lot of. <laughs> I know a lot of people that went to jail. Not one of them asked me to punch their face in before they. Well, cause they're probably they might have been guys who could take care of themselves. He was a drug dealer. He made it yeah, sound he's, like he's, he's like a. He wasn't like a. He, he wasn't like a tough guy. Bro, no. if you're playing baseball, you're a baseball player. You understand <laughs> what I'm telling you? Yeah, come on. You got, I don't know. I, just, I didn't like that. That's all. I mean, the rest of it was cool. You know? Look, if, if Edward Norton's going to jail as Derek Vineyard, he's not asking his friend to beat him up. If he's going in as, as a 25th hour drug dealer guy, he, he needs to look ugly. Even after all that tough New Yorker talk and you can make it anywhere, but he can't make it in there. He's got to get a beating. Yeah. Well, that, the New York thing was a mental thing. A fucking, uh, uh, you're going to Oklahoma to raise a family, but you're in New York so you can make it. You like that movie, huh? Yeah, I do. No, it's a good movie. He was saying, he made it, he made a point in saying that it was, uh, they're sleeping in the gym. The co- they don't even have their own cells. It's, uh, the cots are overflowing. He, that he wasn't going to, it was too, yeah. it was too hands on. He wasn't going to make it the first day. He was going to get his ass kicked. Not, you know, I'm not saying, uh, I met a, a bunch of guys I work with that are in prison. Nobody's getting raped anymore. That shit's in American me, you know. I mean, you're getting beat down all the time, but nobody's getting, you know, bent over like the fucking movies are. Like, you know, that's, I don't, Why not? I don't think that happens. That's I mean, kind of cool. Yeah, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a lot of uh, a lot of people say that that's not 100 percent real about the, uh, the 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 jail rape and stuff. Yeah, exactly. The American Me, remember that fucking movie? That's a good one. We turned that girl over, tried to fuck her in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't know any better. Yeah, he didn't know any better, man. It was just too loose for him. <laughs> I like the other one better. Blood in, blood out. Yeah, that's that's better. I like that one. It's kind of weird. About the same people too. Yeah, it's like the same characters. Like, it's yeah. strange. Real guys. That that white Spanish guy was a real guy. Yeah, you could actually Google him. Like, and you'll see. Like, I'll tell you his whole Fucking, stories. Oh, yeah? He's like Polish and like Mexican, I think, or something like that. German or... White. White and Spanish. Yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah, he was a cracker and a brownie. <laughs> Can I say that? Uh, yeah, I think you're all right with that. As yeah. long as I don't say something else. Spick, Mick. It's all, it's all free range here. When, <laughs> this is the non-sensitive podcast.